0: I want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the halo talks, 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to a thousand by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on chartables top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks, have a great season, let's go. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC, on location, San Diego, URSA 2023. Got a podcast coming to you right now with Jason Crow out of Toronto. He used to be a Precision Nutrition. We're going to talk about how to build businesses, how to avoid some of the pitfalls, how to optimize what you're doing. He's with a group called The Sage House, and he is also one of our expert gurus in the sector to show you experiences, what you get when you don't get what you want, and he's going to keep you on the right path. So Jason, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks very much for having me. Awesome. It's great to be so, here. So
0: let's talk um, you know, a little bit about your background yeah. and how you kind of came over the last 15, 20 years to realize, hey, I, I want to enable yeah. and empower entrepreneurs and help them make the right decisions and how you can help people grow companies.
1: Yeah, it's been quite a journey. So again, thanks for having me. Um, if I take a look back over the last 20 or so years, it's all kind of... Gotten, it's all built slowly to where we are today. And essentially, what that is, is I spent the first 15 years of my career in what I like to call reactive healthcare. So I worked for a pharmaceutical company, medical diagnostic firms, and a pediatric hospital in Toronto, Canada. Um, and, and basically, kind of got to the point later in my career where it was like, I'm not going to change this, I'm not going to change the healthcare system um, very much let's switch over to wellness. How can we help people before they're into kind of that sick care sure. type system? So that's when I, I, you know, connected with the folks at Precision Nutrition and, uh, and, and had four amazing years there kind of building the business development and partnership program.
0: So when you take a look at Precision Nutrition from where it was to where it is today, yeah. you know, I would argue that it's probably like a mission critical software platform for nutritionists and, yeah. you know, registered dietitians. Um, how have you seen the nutrition space play more and more of a role? And if uh, somebody has a nutrition business right now and they're, you know, maybe putting the ingredients down and putting together meal plans, yeah. like, yeah, I did this 23 years ago, wasn't successful, because um, the bandwidth wasn't there and people weren't customizing their plans. But how much competition is in that field right now? And how do you kind of find a lane yeah.
1: in, in so, as you look at businesses today? So, so really, really quickly on PN, I think the, the thing is that when it started, Like you said 20 years ago, I think the concept of linking together fitness and nutrition actually was was quite disparate. Right. Now I think when we're thinking about the personal trainers that are graduating from some of the different certification programs, they just know that nutrition is one of the pieces, if not the primary Piece of the puzzle um, that they need to fix with their clients before they get anyone on a weight loss or, or weight gain type type program.
0: Yeah. So when you were at Precision Nutrition, give us some, uh, you know, some highlights or yeah. things that you're like, oh, this is a, this is an initiative on a business development side yeah. that needs to happen. Just to give a flavor for what kind of, yeah, how your brain works.
1: So, so basically, what we did is when I came into Precision Nutrition, they were a direct consumer company, so they would reach out directly to individuals, personal trainers, group fitness, what have you. What I did is I came in and I built out the partnership program specifically with gyms so that more and more gyms would have Precision Nutrition as one of the Uh, education pieces that people would use, trainers would use, so that they would subsequently build nutrition into the way that they were, you know, working with clients. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we did was, again, moving off of the direct-to-consumer, we went and made partnerships with a number of resellers around the globe who then bundled the Precision Nutrition product with other things that they were selling. So, we just amplified by a magnitude of about 10 Mm -hmm. the amount of uh, product we were selling through these channel partnerships versus people coming directly through to us.
0: So let, let's let's do a little uh, sidebar here for yeah. vendors in an industry or software companies because I, I get a number of software companies that call me up and they say, "Oh, I'm never going to private label my product. Yes, uh, I'm never going to, uh, you know, co co, you know, have have something where it's like powered by on the bottom." And then it's like, maybe you should do that because. You actually, to build a consumer brand or build any brand, I mean, it takes years and it takes millions and millions of dollars. Whereas if you could be a Trojan horse and be mission critical, it's hard to take you out. So talk about some of the things when like Precision Nutrition said, hey, Jason, what are you you doing? Like you're getting a little bit deep and we're we're getting away, you know, from like our shoestrings here pulling this thing. So how did you get people comfortable with that? And how do you kind of view whether it's open AI or open… Source versus, like, hey, I gotta find a lane. I gotta find a revenue model. Yeah, yeah. This is how we gotta
1: do it. Well, let me let me answer kind of the first thing that you that you started with, and, and kind of tie it into what we're doing today at the Sage House. So you know, we're really big fans of what we call infrastructure companies. So the idea of building a brand um, is great. And for certain companies that are building something directly for a consumer, that's wonderful. But something that we're super excited about is organizations that can come in and power the back end of somebody else's solution so that you can have, exactly like you said, something powered by a brand or something that's driven by that technology, um, you know, without having the brand kind of being front and center. I would much rather do that all day every day because we can drop that in a number of different places versus you setting up a brand and fighting it out with everyone else trying to fight with the same consumer. Right, right.
0: You know, as you look at the types of clients that that bring you or, you know, Sage House on board, is it a 30-day, let me do an assessment here? Is it like, hey, I know what my problem is, come on board on Retainer and, like, help me get from A to, a to B? I'm sure there's, you know, a lot of there's different little, iterations. But yeah. give us a give us flavor for... Some of the groups that will be listening here, yeah, which are you know multi-unit operators, more you know more or less. Like, what could you, what give an example of an issue that they probably have that you could help them?
1: Yeah, work so. If you think about the different types of companies that we're working with, we work a lot with fitness technology organizations. So fitness technology to us is anytime there is a product that can help a fitness consumer, uh, club operator, or fitness professional be better, whatever better means to them. We work a lot with uh, fitness equipment companies. We work with education firms. We work with, like you say, club operators, multi-unit operators. And then we're doing a whole bunch specifically in the longevity space as well, because that's an interesting uh, area for us. So We'll come in, and if you think about, you know, the three of us that make up the Sage House, uh, there's myself. I focus primarily on sales, business development, partnership type work. Jenna Randolph, our second partner, uh, focuses entirely on marketing. That is her sweet spot. She spent many years with large uh, marketing agencies, and then Jim Kroll, who is the former CEO of OPEX, uh, really comes at it from a competitive strategy, financial modeling, or design for scale type type you know approach. So. When we're working with different companies, depending on where they sit within fitness, and that's kind of what makes us, I think, unique, is that we can come in and say, what specifically are the problems that you're trying to solve? Do we have a resource within the three of us that can help? Or do we have, you know, within our network of 16 or so consultants, we can tap individuals that can come in and help you guys, either on a project or, as you say, on a retainer basis. And we're doing both right now. Got it.
0: And have you guys, um, I see some of the brands that you have up on your site here. Yeah. Do you also work with franchisors and franchisees in, in any capacity?
1: Yeah, so we're, we're, interestingly enough, making a big change towards that in 2023, um, both working with individual franchise brands, but we're also going to be launching something later in the year that, you know, fits very well into that and launching kind of our first attempt at that.
0: Gotcha. Um, you know, when you take a look at looking at a team, and we wrote this book, uh, well, I'll give you a copy, Time to Win Again. Yep. Um, A lot of technology companies are very heavy on technology, uh, technologists and developers and, you know, don't necessarily, you know, like either pay up or get like really strong salespeople, you know, because, you know, they're kind of bootstrapping and they're getting to the other side. Um, Is what you're doing allow them to kind of have like an outsourced business development professional kind of on board? And is that one of the... What are some of the biggest needs of other companies so people people can say like, yeah, you know what, I'm kind of fooling myself. I actually need that too.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things that, and and you've probably run into similar situations, sales is one of those disciplines where everybody thinks they can do it. Like anyone can talk. Right. Um, But what we've run into with a number of different companies is they're not really clear on what their sales process is. They're not clear on what their messaging is. And, And... You know, most importantly, and we've seen this multiple times, they don't actually know who the customer is. So, when we'll ask them, like, who are you selling to, and their answer will be CrossFit gyms. Okay, perfect. Let's go a layer deeper. Who's specifically within the CrossFit gym? What problem are you solving? All those things. And, And folks, you know, in a lot of cases don't have those answers. So when we come in and work with organizations, that's one of the things that we try and do is, first of all, dig into what makes them super unique. Who is their customer? How can we unify their messaging to go out directly to those folks? So we do a lot of stuff, particularly around growth-related projects, hoping helping folks on the sales, marketing, business development, and partnership side. That would be the bulk of the work that we're doing.
0: So when you take a look at, at a group, and let's say they're, they're gonna try a new initiative, something you've seen before, you feel pretty good about like, yeah. hey, look, the size of the market's just not there. I've seen this movie before. There's enough yep. carnage on the side yeah, to yeah, be like, yeah. don't go this path. And I think in this industry, you've got a lot of people that sometimes like passion over practicality. Yeah. So how do you, I'm sure it's a skill, you know, and I, yeah. I, I say things nicely to people when I can't take on their business or I don't necessarily yeah, believe yeah. It, that. So how do you kind of help somebody work through that either from an analytical or from a qualitative
1: standpoint, just to get people
0: an understanding, like maybe a dose of
1: cold water is actually a good thing. So it's funny that you use the term dose of cold water. It's one of the lines that I like to say to people, I hate to put cold water on this, but... And one of the things that I think, again, makes us unique because we are hyper-focused on fitness and wellness is that we are having multiple conversations. So we're seeing on the investment side, deal flow of about three companies a week. So we're seeing a lot of different things happening across the industry, like I was saying earlier. Um, I think that we can come to people confidently and say, listen, based on what we can see everywhere else, here are the things where your particular tact is likely going to fail. Yeah. Here are some other things that you can think about. Now, you can take our advice on this or not, but we're pretty confident in, our, in what we've seen and the conversations we've had to say that this is not going to work for you particularly. So They're uh, hard conversations, but they're yeah. important.
0: So right before Ursa, um, I found this... Uh, somebody had posted on LinkedIn the uh, Apple marketing philosophy okay. from January 1977. Okay. January 3rd, 1977. So... I'm just going to give this to you for a second. So, the first thing that they say here the Apple marketing philosophy, we truly understand their needs better than any other company, empathy of their clients. But also, in order to do a good job of those things we decide to do, we must eliminate all the unimportant opportunities. So, given your background and in going into a company, yep. you know, I usually say, like, hey, there's a couple of real Everyone's like, oh, the, I have all these drivers to my business. Like, yeah, okay, great. But, exactly. like, you got, like, a gas pedal and you got a brake pedal yep. in, your, in your car. Like, yep. just, just, like, this is the one you have to hit. Yep. So how do you, you know, talk either about, like, something that, that you worked on or something that, like, at this point becomes, like, so obvious to you and you're like, hey, look, this is where this is the path we need to go down. I can give you an execution plan. I'm not just, like, a consultant that's going to yeah, give you yeah. a PowerPoint. I'm yep. going to actually do it.
1: Yeah. So we've done this again with a number of different companies. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier with understanding the customer. So when we talk to folks and they say exactly what you said is that we're focusing on this, 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 this. And they've got 15 different people that they're going after, typically with the exact same message. So we tell them right off the bat, this strategy is not going to work. So we try and work with them to say, okay, where's the biggest opportunity based on how you differentiate with that particular product? And then we'll get you focused on, on that particular path. Because all you're doing is just bleeding resources onto things that aren't going to end up working out for you. So we get folks to take what they've got, refocus on one or two different areas. Like you say, you got a gas pedal and a brake pedal. Mm-hmm. And then drive forward in that direction. But then with a plan on you know, how do you go out to the next rung out um, on the bullseye. So if
0: if you're working for a private equity fund or a venture fund and they say, uh, you know, CH House, tell us, like, where's the three biggest opportunities or, like, what areas are you guys excited about or focused on? What's what's going through your mind of, like, where you want to spend your time?
1: Well, it's funny because one of the things that we're doing a bunch of now that, you know, we originally planned to, but it's moved quicker than we were expecting, um, is working specifically with venture funds on due diligence work. So, not that we're doing the final due diligence, but we're brought in to comment and review the companies and see if the growth plans actually line up with reality. So that's worked out exceptionally well. Um, I think it's exactly it's exactly that. We're coming into the organization. We're looking at you know what the focus is, what the plan growth is. Again, Jim goes super deep into the financial models and rips those all up, and then figuring out how to prioritize that organization or not, um, and and move it forward. Got it.
0: Yeah, we've been doing a lot of work with private equity funds yeah. on the diligence side, and it's very, it's extremely helpful for them because yeah. they don't, you know, you can't really parachute into an industry in a couple of months and think you actually know what's going on.
1: So it's great, and it's and it's very similar to you guys, quite frankly. It the the, the origin story for the Sage House was. Myself, Jim, and Jenna knew each other from relationships that I had set up through Precision Nutrition, and we would have these conversations about the investment firms and the uh, consultants that we had equally worked with um, that all came from outside the industry, and they came from consumer packaged goods and retail and manufacturing into fitness and then tried to bring kind of those concepts you know, over, and it doesn't really work, as you very well know. Yeah. So, by us having this deep insight into specifically fitness and wellness, we can work with venture firms, we can work with specific companies to be able to help them because we see what's going on just in this industry and nowhere else. That's great.
0: Yeah, feel free to use our halo term whenever you like. I, I, Alfred, I, I, you I knew you were going to ask that and... at some point. No, I wasn't asking. No, yeah, I just yeah. yeah. <laughs> just um, well, that's great. So, you know, last question is, uh, cause there are a lot of consultants. There are a lot of, you know, advisors. There are people that kind of parachute in. Yep. Give us a lens into, you know, running my business at times, even though I have partners, uh, and, and employees and, and advocates, that's a lonely place. Uh, you know, so how have you kind of managed through saying like, Hey, I might not have like the stability of like having a corporate job yet. Here's the benefits of like, what, why do you love doing what you're doing?
1: Yeah. I think for me, and again, this kind of goes back to the building over the last twenty or so years. I love this industry, and I think everyone who's in it does. Yeah. Right? This is not the kind of thing where people end up leaving and going and getting a job in mining. Right. Um, I
0: used but to I, work in metals and mining. Actually, when I was twenty-two. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, and second. I brought that
1: up specifically for that to <laughs> thing. I remember you on one of your shows you would brought that up. But anyway, the point the point being is. I love the industry and love what we're doing, and I love working, quite frankly, with founders both on the consulting and the investment side. Mm -hmm. So truth be told, when I was in university, I was deciding between going into business or being an investment banker, and I made the decision to go into business. So... The fact that these worlds now 20 some odd years later have converged again is it makes me super, super excited. So we love working with founders. We love making a small difference. Again, we love infrastructure plays because they can make a very large difference to a, a large yeah. number of people. And, and most of all, we're having a ton of fun. So the three of us are very good friends. We love working with each other. We've hired 16 consultants that work with us. And, and again, most of all, we're having just an absolute ton of fun. Awesome. So,
0: so in closing here, um, we'll have all your information up on the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh you got any uh, quotes that, that you live by or quotes that come out of the Sage yeah, House? Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, maybe, maybe give us one or two for the library. So let me, let me, let me give you this one. So um, I'm a big comedy fan. And so George Carlin growing yeah, up course, was like, my you, you, course, know, yeah, you know, you're a New that. Yorker. You get it. Um, At the end of a show that he did, um, he said, take care of yourself and take care of somebody else. And I think for me, that's always been a driver and an interesting quote that for this industry makes a whole pile of sense. Because every person in this building really is trying to do exactly that. What was that
0: in the context of? Was that just him like kind of? It was at the end of the show. Just as like in a sincere way, there was no, there's no comedy. No,
1: there's no comedy. It wasn't lined up with like, a joke.
0: Get your dogs and cats spayed and neutered. Yeah, yeah like it, was, it was. It right like was basically like a Bob Barker
1: moment yeah, at yeah, the end like of the show. Like yeah, yeah, at the end of the show, it was just like everyone's clapping and he's like, "Take care of yourself and take care of somebody else." That's awesome. Love it.
0: So you know, as you uh, as we roll forward here, you take a look at some of the investments that have happened in yep. the space. Obviously, there's a lot of. You know, fewer missing out, and there was a lot of you yeah. know money that sunk into digital that probably is not going to turn into something. Yep. Um, where, where do you see some of the opportunities that you that you're looking to focus on? Is it? Do you think yeah. there's like finally nutrition is going to be, you know, <laughs> figured out in a way that's that's integrated into yeah. us? Do you think it's healthcare that maybe actually will finally reward us for? keeping people healthy and pay for those yeah. results, or what, what are you most excited about?
1: Well, I'll answer that in a couple different ways. I think that at some point I would love to see, and it's not gonna happen, but I would love to see healthcare and wellness come closer together, right? It's And it's just, there's too many entrenched players in the healthcare game, there's so much money there, it's gonna be difficult to break apart. So focusing more on wellness, to me, long-term is, is gonna be important. That's why I talked about longevity earlier. I think the whole longevity play is gonna be huge. I think on the fitness side, there's a lot of very interesting stuff happening in club once again. Um, I, I think that I agree with you. I think the, you know, the at home, the at home thing is a little wishy-washy right now. I don't think we really know where it's going to go, but there's a lot of very interesting stuff happening, keeping people in the clubs um, that we're we're working a bunch on, um, and I think. At the end of the day, one of the things that we're super interested in is what happens with the fitness professional over the next few years. Because the fitness professional you know, has been kind of put to the side, right? They had a really rough COVID. It's been rough getting new people back into it and making them stay. But the coach holds an integral piece of a fitness consumer's journey. Like, You can put whatever technology you want to influence someone to get off the couch, but we both know that push notifications are really easy to swipe off of. It's yeah. much harder for someone to look at you and say, you know, Pete, I'm not going to do what you're telling me, Right. or I'm not going to show up to the gym this week. Yeah. So the fitness coach, we have to elevate that role so that it has more, you know, more staying power. It has more value. Yeah. Um, it's almost like, a t- and like and if you of took plus. a
0: class of like, with like a tenured professor, you know, at, at a school. It's like you kind of, it's like a
1: waitlisted class, hard to get into. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that professor, like, they deliver.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's why their classes are like five stars. And that's and their class. But yeah. the thing is, that using that professor example, if I'm new into the industry and I'm seeing, okay, well, basically from now until I'm tenured, what's there for me? Yeah. Well, it's I think gonna be the, hard answer, the
0: answer is how do you get multi disciplined you know, expert in, in multiple, you know, niches of this industry? Like, can you, can you, be an expert in exercise physiology and nutrition, and become a registered dietitian and a personal trainer, and you know.
1: So I think I that think it could be the way to do no, it. No, and I think yeah. I think you're I think you're exactly right, and I think that historically people would just keep adding education right. to themselves, and I think, quite frankly, it might even be the opposite, which is I am a expert nutrition coach, so i enough. I be I, I right. become part of almost like a care team. Where if a person needs a sleep coach, they go to you. If they yeah. need a nutrition coach, they go to him or her. Yeah. And people become hyper-focused. And again, very similar to what we're doing, super disciplined in one particular area. And then there, if you think about it like a general practitioner or a specialist. Yeah, I mean, I to thinking about specialty groups. They're now getting groups.
0: absorbed and put it's back together with the primary doctors yeah. in order to like own
1: that. Who sits in the middle, exactly, and be like, "Hey, we're not sending you out of our network or out of our." And that's the thing, and and where I think that goes is, is there one brand that's going to own all that? Maybe, maybe not. So I think we need to get more experts into the field. We need those nutrition, those movement, those sleep, those stress management experts, Um, and then we need the person, like you say, sitting in the middle, pointing them to who they need. You know,
0: we need like easy to digest five minute video reels that say here's where I was here's where I am and this didn't take a significant amount of work you know it's just like it it happens we are just talking to somebody you know saying like look if I can do an assessment of your muscular skeleton like, we're well, going to figure it out. Like, that's we're going to we're gonna fix you, basically. Well, well, and that's
1: exactly it, right? Yeah. So Aaron from Mover is, is one of the companies, frankly, we're invested in and, and are working with. Yeah. Um, and, and he's got a – that's a perfect example of where we need to get to is the point of how do we quickly assess individuals and then point them in the direction of the place that they need to go yeah. to get that next level of care. So awesome. I think you're spot on.
0: Yeah. Right, well, look forward to working with you and your partners. 100%. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you are now a certified uh, – uh, halo evangelist Beautiful. so feel free to use that term royalty- free I'm gonna use it uh, every day I'm going to give you a copy of the book time to win again and uh, keep helping other people win uh, help yourself
1: and help others like that that's it take care awesome. of yourself take care of somebody else Pete I uh, can see you person, appreciate man. it appreciate thank you, you, you very much